I am afraid that I have much news, and most of it is terrible. Welcome to The Mind Killer, the rationalist brain on politics. As always, I'm Wesley Fenza. I am Inyash Brodsky. And I'm David. This is episode 63. We are recording on August 11th, which is a Thursday instead of our normal Monday, because I am going to be in Vermont next week. Huzzah! Um, and our Where's... next episode will also be early because Eniash is going to Burning Man. Woohoo! Eniash is doing the editing on this episode, so if it sucks, it's his fault. Yeah, and also David's. <laughs> and also David's. What are you doing in Vermont? Uh, camping. Well, oh, glamping. Cool. It's a rustic resort, really. Nice. Uh, you may remember this from last year because it's the one that shut down on Friday because of COVID. Oh, yeah. That's where you met uh, this other podcasting dude. Yeah. Yeah, the one that we are, in theory, at some point going to have on as a guest. Well, you know what? I'll probably see him next week. I'll talk to him. Yeah. Excellent. I was actually just listening to one of his podcasts. Nice. It's uh, Assorted Calibers, the name of the podcast. Oh, it's a gun podcast. It's a gun podcast. Cool. All right. Um, Stuff from last episode. In uh, what's quickly becoming a uh, perennial segment, uh, David was wrong about a thing again. I wasn't wrong. I was just being facetious and didn't use my being facetious voice good enough. <laughs> Got to work on that. I, uh, I have been. So anyway, uh, in, in Great Britain, a ruptured append- appendix won't actually get you a two-week wait. That's good because I believe a ruptured appendix is fatal within hours, and I don't know why I didn't just call out David on it. We, look, we all need to work on our calling out David skills. We do. But, you know, there'll probably be something in this episode he'll say that's wrong. So let's let's try to do that. Let's sharpen our skills. <laughs> All right. The other follow up from uh, last episode is the PACT Act. Uh, that's the one for the uh, veterans who were exposed to toxic burn pits in Afghanistan. Uh, it passed like we said it would. The accounting gimmick stayed in it. And apparently they added some vague cost controlling measures is what they called. But I could not find out anything about this. Like nobody is reporting on what changed in this bill. Um, And it took me forever just to like confirm that it actually passed with the mandatory spending provisions. So I guess the entire media just lost interest in this. (laughs) But I think... That's probably what happened, because they were only paying attention in the first place because Jon Stewart, of all people, went on this like huge rant about how the Republicans were being shitheads by holding it up. He's got a how big is, thing about supporting John... veterans. It's been his uh, thing for, I don't know, ever since he's been on TV. I guess. Or one of his things, anyway. But I remember from The Daily Show, it frequently came up when he was like, why the fuck are we not giving more support to our veterans? All right. How is Jon Stewart still a thing? He was like, actually one of the good political commentators in our generation. Uh, hard disagree. But really? Yeah. Who would you say is better from that time period? I mean, none of them are good. Well, he was the one that was least sucky. He was fine. Um, recently, <laughs> he's not very good. No, but I mean, he's been eaten by the by the virus like most people have. Yeah. Okay, well, who would you name from now who's better? Aside, of course, from the Mind Killer podcast, America's Mind favorite Killer news podcast. Uh, I like Mike Pesca. I think he's pretty good. He's got pretty good takes on stuff. I still like Kevin Drum. I know you're not a huge fan of his. Yeah. No, um, Matt Iglesias, I think, has good takes. At least takes worth reading. Eh. Scott Alexander is pretty good. 
He Absolutely. is definitively not news. <laughs> he sometimes comments on news-ish things. Okay, but seriously, if we're including Scott Alexander, then we're just including the entire blogosphere at that point. Isn't that what news commenting is? Just blogosphering except on TV? Yeah, I thought you were asking who's yeah, but why would? Oh, well, it, so in that case, who was better than Jon Stewart? Uh, the last psychiatrist. <laughs> Hard disagree. I don't even know who that Excuse is. Squeeze me? A dude had like a good couple points, but it was completely lost in. Yeah, I mean, I can make <laughs> stuff up too. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. We're going to move on. But Ineage, yes. you're editing mm. this episode. So what you're going to do is cut all oh, that out. It. And, no. But, and, but it's, for, it's for patrons. Oh, it's for subscribers. Really? I can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, okay. But that's a, that's a... a special bonus conversation. So anyone interested in Eniash and David's conversation about The Last Psychiatrist, subscribe to the Substack, and you'll have access to that. It's Yay. a nice little mini bonus episode just Ooh. for the people who matter. And we can run a poll. The The options will be Eniash is not smart enough to get it, or uh, David is too up his own butt thinking that he's smart, right? Well, I, well, hang on. Those are no. not mutually exclusive, because we know for yeah. sure the second one is true. Joe, you can, you can vote for both. Okay, cool. All right, now we're going to move on to the news. <laughs> yes. The Democrats, they did a thing. They passed a bill. Woo! Uh, it's the bill we were talking about last time that they're calling the Inflation Reduction Act. Which is which really is... just... Uh, so actually, uh, the bill got some water splashed on it and the sticker they had pasted over a uh, build back better <laughs> that said inflation reduction, uh, did come off. So it is now the, uh, or it partially came off. So it is now the build it inflation reduction. <laughs> All right. But to be fair, uh, this is like one fifth of the size of build back better. Yeah, that's true. Um, and it basically, so listen to our last episode if you want to know what's in it. The only difference between the one that actually passed and the one we were talking about was that the carried interest loophole was put back because Kristen Cinema wanted it. Um, I still don't know what that is. All I know is it's a tax break for hedge fund managers. Um, apparently, Kristen Cinema was very invested in it. So they put that back in, and instead, they're doing a 1% tax on stock buybacks, uh, which, seems, which seems worse to me. Because uh, I know everyone hates stock buybacks, but that's that just because my... people hate corporations having profit and giving it out, I guess. Yeah, the 1% stock buyback affects all of Americans, whereas uh, the other one affected only the uh, the hedge fund managers, right? Yeah, well, that's Kristen Cinema for you. Well, that's lame. <laughs> she's, she's, I don't know, like, she just seems to randomly support things. It's very it's, difficult it's... to... to put any kind of like coherent ideology are a lot of investment firms located in her state i didn't think I it was think a big so. state for investment no firms. that's like new york and delaware yeah this one in arizona i mean i guess there's lots of big companies that have um okay places okay. in scottsdale but okay so i figured it out i i've cracked oh. the code all right what's okay. the code carried interest is just what they call the fees that get paid to investment managers mm -hmm. and uh so the carried interest quote unquote loophole is basically just um a lower tax rate on those fees yeah they let um, them get taxed as capital gains yeah uh and like 
frankly, I don't really see the problem here. Because, like, there are lots of forms of income which uh, don't really get treated as income. Um, like, the things you're trying to incentivize with a lower capital gains rate than an income tax rate. Like, we also want hedge fund managers to do those things. Um, so, yeah, I... I I think this is another case of uh, the Democrats don't like a thing, so they call it a loophole to make people not like it and think that people are getting away with stuff when it actually just kind of makes sense. David, um, I for you one are, You are correct, Inyash, that the, uh, they have replaced it with something that affects everyone instead of just uh, uh, money managers. Um, so that's not great, but, you know... Big government gonna big government. Well, David, I for one am shocked that there is a tax break here that you're not opposed to. Uh, Aren't you always the one saying uh, we should tax everything and everyone? Oh, wait, no. Um, The opposite of that. Um, Okay. (laughs) I mean, I I think it's silly to tax their income as capital gains because it's... No, no, so so it's not... It's not, It's not all of their income, though. Like when you're a, when you're like a money manager of that sort, you get a salary, and then on top of that, you get uh you get your carry. Yeah, but isn't that just like a a performance based bonus that sure. normal people get taxed on? Sure, but like if you if you just like had higher take home pay that you then invested into the hedge fund you're working for, and then every pay period you pulled that money out then that would be literally the same money. Uh, so, like, it, it's a really straightforward just accounting manipulation that we're not making people do. But if they had a higher base salary, they'd have to pay taxes on that income, right? Well, um, yes, I guess. If So it does seem I, like yeah, it's I, a tax I don't money. know what happens if you uh, invest money before, like, it uh the tax time comes up for it i know i know what happens you get taxed on it okay cool (laughs) unless you're a business all right then yes but yeah i like okay put it this way if they were just given (laughs) if they were given stock options in their hedge fund Uh uh-huh and then like strongly encouraged to sell every pay period and then given more stock options for the next pay period that would be the same as uh, the carried interest being taxed at capital gains. All right, we'll make them do that then. I'm I'm sure if if this you know carried interest thing got uh, got repealed, then they would they would just start doing all this stuff. David's saying, uh, yeah, so. and, and don't get me wrong. No matter how it works, it's probably like not that big a deal. Like it's just accounting and making more uh, make work for uh, IRS tax monkeys and uh, and um, corporate accounting managers. Yeah, I mean, my, my position here is I think that taxing people, we, we probably need higher taxes if we're going to spend all this money. Um, I'd, I'd rather... Especially with the way the economy is right now, with the way interest rates are going, um, it's probably going to make sense to stop doing so much deficit spending, um, which means either cutting spending or raising taxes. And if we're going to raise taxes, 
you know, I feel like uh, uh, hedge fund managers, financial managers, they could probably afford it. Um, but at the same time, like David said, I don't think it's a big deal. Enios, yeah, do you cool. have uh, do you have opinions? Uh, no. All I, right, I was. And we're no, gonna move yep. on. Excellent. All right, next story. Uh, this is from David about uh, some Ukraine news. Uh, well, whether or not it's Ukraine news depends on who you ask. It's either <laughs> Ukraine news or Russia news. It's the area around Ukraine news. Yes. <laughs> so right, uh, what happened? A, an airbase in Crimea, which for those of you who don't understand that exchange we just had, was an area of Ukraine that was uh, taken over by Russia in, I want to say, 2014. Um, and since then, Russia has controlled and administered it as, I think, an actual part of Russia, not like a, a, occupied territory. a puppet state like the uh, DNR and LNR. Um, quote-unquote, people's republics. Um, so yeah, there's this part of either Ukraine or Russia, depending on how you ask, uh, that until now has uh, been a very useful staging area for the Russians uh, because the Ukrainians have not been able to hit it with their artillery or air force or anything like that. I say up till now because one of their airfields in the area spontaneously combusted, uh, blowing up a whole lot of their um, fighter and bomber aircraft. Uh, the Ukrainian Ministry of Defense has denied any involvement and put out a very funny statement uh, reminding um, Russian soldiers in the area to only smoke in designated areas because uh, <laughs> airfields tend to have a lot of combustible fuels and so on. Uh, I have not been able to find it, so I can read it verbatim. But if that changes while we're still recording, I will interrupt the entire recording and let you know. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this was... Definitely not Ukrainian special operations and or long-range missiles hitting this airbase. Wink. <laughs> hey, hey, guys, was it clear enough that I was being facetious there? Yeah, I think you, uh, I, th I think you, that one worked. Okay, okay, cool. I swear to God, if anyone is in our Discord, like, fact check, it actually was Ukrainian special forces. I am going to go insane. <laughs> Um, and also a similar thing happened in Belarus, right? Yeah, uh, this and one this is, is definitely more breaking news. So yeah, this uh, just happened. Th th this one might actually just be a random fire, but um, yes, uh, does look like something similar happened in Belarus, which uh, has been a similar sort of staging area for Russian forces. So yeah, uh, looks like Ukraine is. Like seeing how far they can go with the um, with uh, not counter invading Russia while still kind of sort of counter invading Russia. Um, Is this the first time Ukraine has hit uh, something outside of Ukraine's borders? Allegedly, uh, yes. the The Belarusian attack was the first time, which happened after the uh, Crimean attack, was the first time they hit something outside of Ukraine. Nice. Uh, just just making our Russian listeners' uh, heads explode there. Nah, our Russian listeners are cool. But some our Russian <laughs> listeners, hypothetically. 
Yes. <laughs> I believe, wouldn't our Russian listeners be uh, prohibited from listening to this anyway, due to whatever uh, I mean, restrictions they got? I mean, there's some people I know are Russians who uh, post in our Discord, so I, but maybe they, they don't to this listen podcast? to it. Yeah. <laughs> they definitely well, listen. We yeah, listen. Cool. Everyone around the world listens to this, okay? Yes. Oh, We're very point. popular. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Russians, they, they know how to use VPNs. Didn't we recently impact a major government's policy? I assume just a, so. Just uh, a month or two ago. Yeah, it was like a British minister or something uh, mentioned us on Parliament floor. <laughs> well, I mean, well, it was a secret well, mentioning. Our our, uh, our COVID Independence Day was very popular around the world with a number of governments. That's true. That's true. Yep. Uh, but anyway, this all sounds pretty shady. Yep. Things things exploding. People uh, <laughs> Ukraine denying responsibility. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah. This this is just some randos on Twitter at this point, but uh, there were some eyewitness accounts from Crimea saying that they saw like little quadcopter drones flying around the base shortly before they exploded. So this could have been uh, us finally getting the future warfare thing where uh, instead of like actually sneaking into bases to plan explosives, we just have special operations people's like flying drones with a bunch of explosives strapped to them uh, into things they want to blow up. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of shady shit, our next story is Uh, about how the... Hang on. Sorry. One more uh, thing from Eastern Europe. Um, uh, There was a conscript barracks in Moscow, which caught fire and... uh, Definitely looked like it was gutted. Not sure if it actually burned to the ground yet. Uh, there were no casualties reported. So this was definitely just some conscript who really, really didn't want to go. <laughs> or someone smoking in a non-smoking area. Or that. Uh, yeah, that one probably wasn't Ukraine. Yeah, probably not. All right. So our next story is uh, a very interesting thing happened. Um, Some Secret Service texts got uh, subpoenaed, and apparently they don't have them anymore. Um, And these are all around January 6th. Uh, The metadata shows that a bunch of these phones had text messages coming in and out, and... Uh, but the actual content was wiped from the phones. Um, this is in violation of federal law. All those messages are supposed to be saved. Um, and especially around January 6th, like everyone was on notice that, that, um, information from around there was going to, should be, should be saved, but they're all gone. So, uh, it's, it's pretty suspicious. Aren't there laws about like evidence destruction? Yes. So is somebody getting get in trouble for deleting all these texts? I would what imagine they have qualified Damn immunity. Uh, you can't have qualified immunity from the government. The government's the one that gives you qualified immunity, right? Uh, no. no I mean, you can absolutely have qualified immunity from the government. You, you know that uh, like murder trials and stuff aren't usually civil lawsuits, right? Well, but it, it's the government it's that like grants qualified state immunity. Of whatever so versus murder. Or... Yeah, but the government can repeal that qualified immunity if they so want to, yes? I mean, they, they can. need to get the Supreme Court to sign off on it. 
stupid Supreme Court. Now, it's interesting because, David, what you're talking about are states um, suing the federal government. That is true. That is true. Um, It's states suing for violations of federal rights. Um, But, no, I think you're right that it doesn't really matter who's prosecuting. Qualified immunity is going to apply. And they would have to... Now, for criminal criminal liability there's no qualified immunity that's just not a thing that's a civil doctrine wait so how can police do murders and get away with it then because the state just doesn't prosecute them oh well that sucks even more than i thought what was going on (laughs) yeah the qualified immunity comes into play because nobody thinks the state's going to discipline their police officers so it falls to the civil courts and individuals to sue jesus christ yeah um so yeah probably nobody's gonna get punished for this um it could come up in any kind of criminal trial um it you can get what's called a uh it's called spoliation of evidence where if you have destroyed evidence that may have indicated your guilt the jury can be instructed that they can take an adverse inference from that uh, so they can assume that because you destroyed the evidence that that would have been evidence of your guilt and they can count that against you. <laughs> nice. But it's uh, it's much better to actually have the evidence. Yeah. So that sucks. Um, also, some the same thing happened to some outgoing Pentagon officials when they that were from the Trump administration, when they switched over to the Biden administration, a bunch of their officials also like were told to hand in their phones and then had their, them completely wiped. So all the information from January 6th on their phones is gone. Um, And speaking of criminal liability, uh, a couple of days ago, Mar-a-Lago was raided by the FBI. Yes. Um, So that's interesting. Supposedly because he didn't, uh, Trump kept some documents uh, that he wasn't supposed to keep for national security reasons. So this is what everyone's reporting that Trump took a bunch of classified documents from the White House when he left. Mm-hmm. Um, now, he supposedly gave those back, but the reports are now that he didn't give all of them back, and that's what they were looking for. I don't buy this at all. Because, Why is that? Because this is, this is all unsourced. Like, everyone reporting this, it sounds like they're all, it's all from, like, a single source who's anonymous, um, and nobody's actually seen the warrant application that says what they were looking for. Yeah. Um, so until until we see that warrant application, um, you know, I'm not buying it that it was granted to look for classified documents. Even if we see that, you know, they're cops. They don't tell the truth. <laughs> this could just like this is this could easily just be a pretext. Like, oh, well, we want to execute the search warrant because he has classified documents. We need to go get him. But also, while we're there, let's look through everything. Um, right-wing media is very angry about this. You know, they they think this is like, you know, incitement to a civil war or something. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's it's very silly. Is that right-wing media or is that just right-wing fuckwits on Twitter? I don't know. I don't watch right-wing media. Yeah. I just, I, you know. I've definitely seen it from the fuckwits on social media. I suspect if, like, Tucker Carlson was calling for civil war over this, I would have seen it or heard about it, and I haven't, but that's just, you know, dog that didn't bark evidence, so take it for what it's worth. 
Well, I know that uh, a lot of the talking heads on Fox News are very upset about this. Yes, that that I absolutely believe. Yeah, uh, I am not upset about this. I think this is great um, because that guy is definitely a criminal, has committed like hundreds of crimes mm. and should be prosecuted for them. And uh, the fact that they're willing to execute a search warrant on his resort is um, I think it's pos- it's it's an indication that the political will might actually be there to yeah. prosecute. They uh, might have I- something. And I, uh, I know Ken White said something similar on his podcast that he doesn't know, you know, what really is really going on here. But this is an indication to him that, you know, they're they're taking the gloves off. So I hope that's true because he definitely committed a lot of crimes and they would be very easy to prove. Like all the obstruction of justice in the Mueller report that you could just charge him for, you idiots. I don't think they're going to do that. They're not going to do it. Yeah. Because they're, they, they're the worst. Uh, they're like, no, we have to I, get them for January 6th or nothing. I, I'm still holding out hope that when all's said and done, they end up uh, charging him with all the fraud he did during his time as a failed construction uh, slash uh, real estate mogul. That would be amazing. I wonder what the I statute of like limitations that. on that is. Because mm. he did so much months. fraud. <laughs> so much. Oh, all right. Um, but that's that's a fun... That's a fun story. Well, I, I hope something comes of that. Me too. Um, all right, Eniash, you have a story yes. for us about Equifax, the totally legit and not at all scammy credit reporter. I I mean, they are one of the three legit credit reporters, right? I mean, they are. Okay. I, 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 <laughs> do you think all credit reporters are scammy? Yes. Oh, well, that's interesting. Why so? Uh, because, first of all, they don't, they're like professional invaders oh. of privacy. Like, yes. there's no law or anything that authorizes them to gather all this information. Yeah, um, but there's also no law that says you can't gather this right, information. Right, exactly. So they're they're basically, like, people that... They're, they're basically the equivalent of, like, the, you know, Google and Facebook and everyone that, that crawls all over your data uh, okay, trying to, yeah. to make or, a, uh, okay, a profile Wes, of you. Or, like, Wes, private investigators that take pictures of you when you're in public. Wes, yeah. if you're doing transactions in anything other than uh, non-sequential uh, cold hard currency, then y- you're just inviting people to invade your privacy. Well, that sounds like sure. victim blaming to me. Yes, it, yes very I am much a like... victim blamer. <laughs> it sounds very much like you're saying anything that isn't uh, explicitly allowed should be prohibited, which I think is terrible. No, I don't think I don't think credit bureaus should be prohibited, but I don't respect them. I don't think they're they're they they're like uh, helping anything. I mean, I understand you don't respect them, but you've never had to extend credit to anybody that it was a complete stranger yeah. to you. Oh, and... oh, I have. Just not voluntarily. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, if you voluntarily are trying to decide whether to extend credit to a complete stranger, uh, this sort of thing really helps a lot. It means that you don't have to go out and hire someone to do all that investigating yourself. You can just pay a small fee, and they've already done it for you. Yeah, yeah I mean, fair enough. So... For the longest time, China didn't have any uh, credit reporting uh, agencies or anything like that. And the social credit system that everyone freaked out about a few years ago then forgot, despite the fact that it's still really scary, was like Mm -hmm. literally the government trying to fill the gap left by their lack of credit reporting agencies. So I agree with you, Wes, that they're not great. But also the alternative looks like it's significantly worse. So, 
I mean, anyway, I, tell us about uh, Equifaxing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're also the reason that clubs like us have access to credit at all, right? Otherwise, you got to be rich to make it worth anyone's time to do all that investigating on you. But uh, yes, uh, about Equifax, it's one of the three big companies that does this. And uh, there are actually a bunch of regulations that uh, that limit what they can do and uh, how accurate they have to be. Uh, you can't just make shit up and uh, and be wrong about what you say. And there has to be processes. That yeah, that's what they said appealed. about the bond agencies, too. And that's OK. Sure, that's fair. <laughs> things things don't necessarily work like they're supposed to. But uh, this is a case where things did not work like they were supposed to. Shocking. Uh, <laughs> Credit uh, uh, Equifax had a supposed according to them, glitch in their system, which caused them to misreport people's credit scores when they were inquired about uh, by, in some cases, up to 130 points, which is fucking huge. It uh, could make it so you just don't qualify for all sorts of things. And uh, for people who maybe do qualify, uh, they they start having to pay a lot more. It could be hundreds of dollars a month difference, those 130 points. And uh, so, yeah, they uh, they were doing that in a three week period between mid-March and early April before they eventually fixed it. Uh, And this has impacted hundreds of thousands, possibly millions of consumers during that time. And they are being sued now for uh, some people to get to get recompense for uh, the problems in the failed loans or the higher rates. Couldn't happen to a nicer company. Sounds like they should. Yeah. Now, are you, uh, Inyaj, are you expressing skepticism that this was an actual glitch? I, I, you know what? Yes, a little bit. I don't know. Like, you think they they did it on purpose? I don't think they did it on purpose. Something got fucked up, but I don't think it was a software glitch. Oh, okay. Mm. So you you agree it was a mistake. You just think they're blaming the software? Yes, because they don't want to blame someone higher up who is at fault that they don't want them to lose their job or whatever. Or maybe even some sort of criminal negligence. Yeah, who knows? I, I would be surprised. I mean, it could be a software thing. Maybe they just upgraded at that time and there was a bug or whatever. But I, I, I doubt it. I mean, software is hard. I would believe that they uh, fucked up the code somewhere. I suppose. It doesn't seem Anyways, like a, uh, yeah, I'd extraordinary... Also- I'd also believe that uh, this sort of company would rather throw their code monkeys under the bus than their like <laughs> data entry clerks or whatever. So, well, and code monkeys aren't going to go to jail. At worst, the uh, the one or two guys might lose a job. Where uh, if someone you know up high fucked up something bad and was negligent, then uh, that could be that could be grounds for further stuff. All right. Well, how do people see if they can get in on this uh, class action lawsuit? I don't know, man. Google it. <laughs> All right. You heard <laughs> it you here, apl- folks. Google it. <laughs> if you applied for credit between that uh, March and April time period, then uh, you very likely were impacted. Uh, so do so that. Google like applied it. for a credit card, got a major purchase that needed a loan, anything like that. Um, I, I really hope this class action lawsuit fucks Equifax over hard because this is something that affects many people's lives to a great deal. Like your credit score right. is almost your human worthiness score in a capitalist this is, society this is why i don't like these companies because this shit happens all the time yeah this shit does happen they're sometimes. like there's like every couple years something comes out about how they were super sloppy and there's a class action lawsuit i mean there is regulation and uh there's class action lawsuits for when that fails but i'm like pretty David sure i got free alt- credit monitoring from experian at some point because they fucked something up 
uh, like David said, the alternative is even worse, though. So I mean, I, I'm not fans of them, but they provide a service that is useful. Yeah, there is an uh, alternative that is worse. I feel like that's probably not the only alternative. Yeah, uh, and uh, even if you're not eligible for this lawsuit, but you like work for a company that checks a lot of credit or something like that, uh, like you should probably see about. Uh, getting some sort of official communication sent, like official public communication uh, put out saying, hey, we're not doing Equifax anymore because we don't want to like keep giving people business after they do this kind of thing. Because, you know, the way that capitalism is supposed to work is people who do this sort of thing stop being able to get customers. So let's do that. And yeah, but if that, that was is, the case, all three credit agencies would have no customers anymore. Yeah, and then someone would be able to open a credit agency and de- eat their lunches. Yeah, that would be nice. All right, yeah, I agree with David. Uh, Same here. Clarification that this is, you know, uh, uh, practical advice, not legal advice. Yes. Legally, Although, we have no idea what you should do. To your point, I think that the most likely alternative to not having these credit agencies is just not having credit for the common man, which, you know, would suck for uh, us. Either because- that or government-run social credit scores where you lose credit if you uh, criticize whoever happens to be president. Well, I think the most likely outcome in the U.S. would not be that, though. It would just be no credit. And, you know, the few times you really can make it worth someone's while to give you a loan, like when you're buying a house, it would be much more expensive to do that. And you just wouldn't have access to smaller credits like credit cards at all. All right. Well, while we're on the subject of shitty things China's done. Oh, yeah. Let's move on to our next story. Uh, Nancy Pelosi's Taiwan visit. Um, That's it. That's the whole story. Nancy Pelosi went to Taiwan. Um, and apparently this is a huge deal to everybody, uh, especially China. Yep. Uh, so World War III did not start. Glad <laughs> I got that one wrong. Uh, right. But China did completely lose their shit. And it was actually kind of funny because uh, they lost their shit and acted like they were maybe gonna invade Taiwan. And then Japan was like, hey, uh, just so you know, um, you invade Taiwan, we're definitely going to defend them. And then China was like, okay, not going to invade Taiwan. Yeah, it China was- just like freaked out and started firing missiles. Like not at Taiwan, but like over Taiwan. And did a so bunch we- of like military exercises, which just meant like massing military assets. Their military exercises in, in practice nearly blockaded Taiwan, right? Yeah. And what what I I missed this whole Japan thing. What did Japan do? Uh, they didn't specifically do anything. They just like uh, decided to do their own. I I think they decided to do their own military exercises. Um, and they also like their Ministry of Defense uh, put out a statement saying like they strongly condemn um, the infringement of Taiwan sovereignty. Uh, and I. Th- want to say they also called on uh, America to officially end uh, strategic ambiguity, uh, which they kind of do a lot, but um, it, it was portentous timing that they chose to do it again now. Um, and yeah, uh, China took that as a signal that um, if uh, they fucked around with Taiwan, Japan would help them find out. And 
and uh, decided that they were going to give it a good leaving alone. Yeah. So Meaning they withdrew their their military exercising equipment. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> their military exercising equipment. Yeah. <laughs> putting uh putting some pull up bars up, you know. <laughs> Just hanging out in the ocean Here doing pull ups. Yeah, sending some fighter jets to uh, fly around stuff. Guys doing push-ups on the wings. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it's the next uh, Top Gun movie. Uh, yeah. Interestingly, um, you know, this was Pelosi going to Taiwan, but like nothing China did was aimed at the United States. Like it was all there to punish Taiwan. So they... The yeah, because thing... China knows that they can't do anything to the United States. Yeah. But they still have a bunch of sanctions on a bunch of Taiwanese products. Um, economic sanctions. Um, you know, they've been saber-rattling about criminal liability for Taiwanese leaders. Uh, and they detained a Taiwanese businessman who was in China. Which is like... Right? This is like their go-to, right? They just like... When a country pisses them off, they just grab one of their people. I'm actually legit surprised anyone from Taiwan goes to China. I mean, there's they have lots of uh, business deals. I guess you could do them over Zoom. I, they probably will now. Um, but he's detained uh, and being accused of being a Taiwan independence advocate. <laughs> which, uh, lest you forget, is illegal and will get you thrown in jail in China. Yet Very another weird. reason why I can't ever go to China. Right? <laughs> God, I'm like, man, China looks beautiful. I should visit. Nope, no, I shouldn't. Nope, never mind. Uh, they would Sadly, just play this is... an episode of this podcast. Yep, this is the downside to having a world famous podcast. China, if you're listening, Taiwan is a country. <laughs> it's not. It's not part of China. It's a separate country. Honestly, there. I think now I'm Taiwan... tougher than John Cena. <laughs> I, I, I think that actually China is part of Taiwan, so they've been getting this backwards the whole time. Yes, I, I am. I am a big fan of the um, um, the reverse uh, Taiwanese. Yeah, the Taiwanese Beijing uh, um, reverse cowgirl joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next story. This is from Eniash about predict it. Yeah, Predicted is being shut down by the feds, which sucks. Uh, Predicted is one of these, um, what do we call them? The prediction marketplaces. Markets. Prediction, prediction markets. markets, thank you. Yeah. That's why they uh, call it what, predict it. Yes. Uh, it's a prediction market where you basically buy stock in what you think is going to happen. And if the thing happens, the stock pays out. And hopefully you paid less than what the stock uh, would pay out. Um, now, the, those are illegal in the United States, right? For real money? They're illegal for more than $500, I believe. Okay. Yeah, no, uh, so they're limited and also, useless. yeah, they're limited and importantly for this story, you also need to get like special permission from the uh, FTC that says like, yeah, we know that this is a, a uh, illegal thing, but we're going to let it happen anyway until we decide not to, uh, yes. which as we're learning is maybe not a good idea. This is a university in uh, New Zealand. So it kind of surprised me that runs predicted. So it kind of surprised me that the U.S. government would uh, have this big of an effect on them. But they had previously said, oh, yeah, I guess you can run this as long as it's limited to no more than $850 and no more than 5,000 traders, which, again, severely limits the usefulness of this thing. It's it's almost more of a toy example of something that could be done with these sorts of restrictions on it. Uh, but the FCTC, 
Uh, FTC said, no, fuck that. Uh, you can't even do that anymore. Uh, if you live in the U.S., you can't bet more than 500 and is basically just shutting down uh, Predict It entirely because I don't know why. Did, I, it doesn't make sense to me. they hate good things. I guess so. Uh, seriously, like they just hate prediction markets. I don't understand why this – like why can we bet on sports nationwide online with no restrictions basically? And we can't bet on things that matter that could actually give information to people. Oh I, God, it makes me so mad. Yeah, I don't know. I was, you know, I'm, I'm because prediction markets. We we've, we've talked about them before. There's, it, it's a big thing in the rashless community. They're a great way to harness the power of the market, which, as capitalism has proven, is an incredibly powerful thing that can m- spread information like crazy and uplift countries. And I uh, use that to to help predict the future to capture the power of motivated intelligent people uh and use that power for good and they just they don't want to be able to predict what's going to happen so stock market and bond markets these are prediction markets you're just only predicting you know what a a company's earnings are going to be or whether they're going to pay back their bonds um and they give really good information like the stock market there's a reason why it gets reported on all the time. It tells us a lot about the economy. It tells us how certain companies are doing. Um, it's very like valuable information for everyone to have. And prediction markets are, you know, in theory, could give us that information for all kinds of questions like foreign affairs, um, technological uh, advances, medical advances, uh, basically anything that you want an answer to. You could open a prediction market, subsidize it, and then it would incentive incentivize the market to bet on it. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot. The rationalists talk about this a lot. There's some issues with it, some things that haven't quite been worked out, um, but probably would if, you know, people are allowed to make them and experiment with them. Yeah. Uh, but they are illegal in the United States. And, um, and they're illegal for anyone from the United States to participate in, even if it's foreign. Um, At least one of the great things about the the financial markets is that there's the incentive to do good at them. So the people who predict well get rewarded and and you just you pay for their salaries with that. And I don't know why you wouldn't want to have something like this for things that are not stocks. Because it's gambling and gambling is a sin. Duh. That can't be it. There's so many things that are sins. There's. There, there has to be some reason they do not want good, accurate information about yeah, things. Yes, but other things that are sins aren't vice crimes. Yeah, I actually think no, David's no, right. Like, this is like what, an anti-gambling what this is, thing. is yeah, it's a na- so that's explicitly what it is. And also, you know, we have this big bureaucracy that regulates, um, that regulates uh, trading and securities. We're not going to just fire those people. We need to find something for them to do. What's something weird that people are doing that we can get them to stop doing that looks kind of like trading and commission and uh, securities? Oh, uh, prediction markets? Yeah. Oh, let me look into it. Yeah, this looks like securities trading. Shut it down, lads. Literally, that's what it is. It's just a self-sustaining bureaucracy. That we don't no. have anything else to do with, so we have to do something with it. No, I think you're totally wrong about that. 
Because if they legalize prediction markets, then they could regulate the shit out of them and create tons of work for the regulators to do. So I, I don't think that can be it. Regulators love when you yeah. legalize but regulate things. Well, that sounds like a prediction. If only we had some <laughs> kind of market where we could find out whether it was true. If only. Well, we can at least bet $500 on it. <laughs> Stupidest timeline. All right. Yeah. Speaking of things also, that are really uh, stupid. Also, because we somehow got through that entire segment without saying it, uh, FTSC Delenda asked. There yes. we go. All right. Speaking of things that are really stupid. Um, this is a fun story. Oh, <laughs> I love It doesn't actually one. matter, but I want to cover it anyway because it's hilarious. It's so, our human <laughs> interest story for the fourth <laughs> The Missouri Republican <laughs> primary um, for, for Senate, the two front runners for the Senate uh, nomination were both named Eric. There was Eric Greitens and Eric Schmidt. And they were running against each other and both trying to get Trump to endorse them. So what Trump did is he just issued an endorsement for Eric. <laughs> I I love that he has finally, in this one tweet at least, uh, achieved the Elon Musk levels of trolling. He says, I am therefore proud to announce that Eric has my complete and total endorsement. This is what Twitter should be used for. And then both of them released statements that were like, (laughs) ah, we're so proud to have the endorsement of President Trump. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. See, see, this is why Trump can't go to jail. Because then he'll miss (laughs) out on this primo content. He can tweet from jail. He can't tweet now. Oh, that's true. And hey, Eric won. So, uh... Trump must have made the difference. Nice. I, I think I saw some reporting where someone actually um, like suggested to Trump where he couldn't quite make up his mind. Like, you know, you could just not uh, support Eric. And he was like, huh. Um, I, I think, no, I, I, I saw something about that, but it's, I'm pretty sure it was Trump's idea. Okay, okay. He was like, can I just endorse Eric? <laughs> and they're like, that would be retarded. And he's like, doing it. <laughs> That's my brand. Yeah. Uh, he really is. He really is a national treasure if he doesn't destroy the country. Yeah. Big uh, if though. Yeah. All right. That's enough fun. Speaking oh, no. of national treasures. <laughs> Eniash has a story for us about I the do. United Mine Workers of America. I We just had an episode about labor unions uh, on the Bayesian conspiracy because – I always thought that uh, labor unions were, you know, downtrodden workers uniting to uh, collectively bargain with their employers and being like, no, you can't pit us against each other. We are presenting a united front and this is what you got to do if you want to keep employing us. Turns out that's not at all what unions are. Yeah. Uh, uh, unions. Uh, yeah. Your initial statement was correct. That's what they were. Past tense. Yes. Very important. <laughs> yeah. Like a century ago. And uh, nowadays, it turns out they're basically just another government special interest group that uses the power of the government to make people do things that those people don't necessarily want to do, which was very disappointing for me to find out. Yep. But this uh, particular um, article is just one demonstration of that. The uh, mine workers have been striking for, I think, like 18 months or something, uh, the United Mine Workers in Alabama, and... uh, they, I don't know what their demands are, working conditions, money, whatever. But the point is the government has decided that their strike was not a valid strike because 
I guess the government can decide that and have ordered the United Mine Workers to pay $13 million in compensation to the coal company, which just shouldn't happen, in my opinion, if uh, if people are independent groups of citizens doing things. But it turns out when you're just another government organization, then yeah, the government can tell you what to do because you're a government organization. And if you didn't follow the right government rules, they punish you for it. So there we go. It, it was yep. just a disillusionment of, of me. Makes total sense. Um, yeah, I can't, I haven't figured out like what, what authorizes this, but I'm sure it's just some like obscure government regulation because everything about unions is like super regulated by the government. Yeah. Yeah. I think Um, it's often in favor of the unions, but in this, this point, uh, apparently in favor of the coal company. Yeah. I'd hazard a guess. It's, uh, the NLRB, uh, think it, it was, stands yes. for the okay yeah the national labor review board uh I think which it's labor is, relations board uh yes possibly i don't know um something starting with r um i probably. don't have to correct this on the next episode <laughs> oh. <laughs> um yeah uh that it's basically just you know the alphabet soup agency which does union stuff Yes, and apparently these damages are for strike misconduct. So apparently they didn't do the strike in the approved way with the the right paperwork quadruple stamped. Very disappointing. Yes, uh, they should really hire. It reminds me of free speech zones. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. Funny you should mention that because uh, the NLRB recently got into some uh, hot water around free speech because uh, they investigated some like right wing. Uh, um, alt news source because the with not to be confused with an alt right news source, uh, because the uh like head of the uh magazine with like twenty employees, all of which are hardcore economic right wingers, uh, tweeted something about how if his employees tried to unionize, he'd send them back to the salt mines, and everyone in the <laughs> office had a good laugh and realized it was that. a joke. And then the NLRB said that they were going to shut them down. And so they wow. sued for infringement of freedom of speech. Oh, I did think, they win? Uh, I think it's ongoing. Um, oh. But yeah, I want to it, it was almost certainly something, something Institute for Justice. I can't remember which of their like four podcasts it was, though. Okay. Oh, I see a headline here. NLRB's salt mine tweet decision overturned by Third Circuit. Oh, Um, so the National Labor Relations Board lacked the evidence to support its ruling against, uh, Federalist Media LLC. But do they have to pay damages? Uh, doubtful. Damn it. Uh, but maybe. I don't know. Anyway, we've got more to get to. So here's another story from Eniash. Uh, oh, it's an abortion story. Oh, wow. This is, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, So the Nebraska, this is actually before Roe v. Wade was overturned. Uh, Nebraska was investigating a a teen for one of those DIY abortions, which, again, uh, in favor of because they're super easy and super safe nowadays. Uh, But uh, it's still illegal under Nebraska law. And the teen and her mom were talking about it on Facebook through Facebook Messenger, which is just... (sighs) 
anyways uh this was a 20 week uh 28 week rather uh fetus they went through with the procedure nebraska started uh investigating them uh they subpoenaed the their facebook um data all of it 250 megabytes uh i no 250 gigabytes i don't know it was it was a ton of data went through it and is are using that now in the prosecution of this so um yeah uh, abortion still there's there's terrible shitty red states out there that uh want to destroy people's rights and lives and uh people in red states are gonna have to learn something about opsec because jesus christ don't talk about things like that on open sources like uh facebook or really anything that doesn't have end-to-end encryption this is no. your daily reminder to get signal no Inyash, this <laughs> yes. is exactly Thank you what for we were giving told. me my troop deployment this episode <laughs> Inyash. Inyash, no this is exactly what we were told wouldn't happen uh well, this is exactly what we were told wouldn't happen this uh a 17-year-old woman is being prosecuted for, uh, first of all, investigated for delivering a stillborn fetus, uh, fetus mm-hmm. have her, having her privacy invaded, and mm-hmm. then they finding out that it may have been intentional, and then being prosecuted. This is Wait, the thing. I... This is the thing. All the anti-abortion people were like, no, 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 that's definitely not going to happen. Are, are yep. you saying they lied to us? No. Uh- these uh, folks. Uh, so I'm I'm never. not convinced they lied. They might just be dumb. And, and like this is why, if you really want to uh, um, uh, make uh, pro lifers sweat, what you need to say is like there are these edge cases. You're go. You're about to say, oh, but those don't happen very often, and the law's not about them, so it'll probably be fine. And then what you need to say in response to that is, yes, but it's still going to happen. And people on my team are going to use it to make your team look like monsters. So when you're writing these laws, it should be your top priority to reassure everyone that this doesn't happen and make sure that like the cops know they don't go after these cases, etc., etc., etc. I mean, reassuring people ain't worth shit. Put it in the law. Yeah. yeah, I think that's maybe what he meant by reassure. I yeah. mean, yes, reassure like, them like having the text of the law, this definitely isn't making it a crime in these specific cases, and any cops who try to enforce it in these cases are going to get in trouble and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, um, the problem is, this is not very rare, I don't think. Um, and you can't put in the law that this is legal, because then people will just do it, and then there will be abortions, and they, they hate that. 28-week abortions are actually extremely rare. True. Yes, but DIY abortions where you deliver a stillborn fetus are not that rare. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. Um, this or is just the, you know actual the, miscarriages. The reason the twenty-eight weeks was relevant here is that this was before Roe v. Wade was overturned. Yes, and um, Roe v. So Wade does not apply for anything out that after far. viability. So that's why she was prosecuted. But any any uh, uh, state that has one of these restrictions in there that that's you know, says like no, no abortions at all, or or whatever the time period is. Anyone who delivers a stillborn fetus after that, anyone who has a miscarriage, is yeah. a suspect. Yes. They can have their phone searched. Yes, they can have all your data subpoenaed from Google or or Facebook or wherever. And people were saying this before these laws passed, and everyone's like, no, 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 no. That's that's we not what these laws are about. Your privacy. Yeah. These are about going after doctors. It's just the doctors who are going to get in trouble because they're Those evil murderers. doctors. Yeah, and like twirling uh, their mustaches. Yeah. Well, that's fucking bullshit. Yeah. Um. Uh, 
God, leave these states, people. And also, people who are in blue states, stop making it impossible to build housing in our states. We need more housing so people can move here and actually afford to flee. Co-signed. All right. Also, stop trying to pass assault weapons bans and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) These people that are coming from red states want to bring their assault weapons. All right. Well, let's move on to a more fun story from David. Yes, but first, I need to talk to you. About Mind Killer brand nutraceuticals. <laughs> awesome. I was not expecting that. Um, we call those nootropics. <laughs> uh, you're not wrong. Can I spread we... the good word about modafinil? Oh my god, we should see if we can partner with .com or .org. Oh totally or wait, should. I'm going to beep that out. But yeah. Yes, ads for nootropics. Coming yes. soon to the Mind Killer. Unless you all uh, support us on Substack so we don't need the money. <laughs> yeah. So for those of you who are not versed enough in Alex Jones lore to understand the reference, uh, Alex Jones, America's most reliable newscaster, uh, was recently ordered by a court to pay $49.3 million in damages to the families of the victims of the Sandy Hook mass shooting um uh after he uh spread stories about how that was a false flag attack and the, there weren't really any kids killed and it was just the government trying to push gun control yeah it was like this cartoonishly evil thing <laughs> that yeah. he was doing just to be like to to like single out these families by name whose kids were killed in this Sandy Hook shooting and be like those are crisis actors they're all they're all faking it so like while they're mourning their dead kids they're getting harassment from Alex Jones fans yeah and and yeah and like this is crazy we all know that when the government does false flag shootings to push gun control they like actually do go out and kill people that was a joke that was a joke <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, the jury awarded 4.1 million in compensatory damages, which they're probably going to be able to collect and 45.2 million punitive damages, which they're probably not. Uh, No, because Texas has a tort reform statute because gosh, those torts just needed reforming, you know? And what it says is that non-economic damages, well, so punitive damages are limited to, um, the size of the compensatory damages. Um, so that by itself would mean that only 4.1 million in punitive damages were allowed. But That's it also nice. says that it's limit punitive damages are limited to $750,000 of, of non-economic damages. So pain and suffering, hurt feelings, that sort of thing, which is like the entire award here. Because um, these families, I don't think... These families proved that they lost money because of this. It was just, you know, he made their they lives. They were getting hell. harassed by crazy people while they were mourning their dead children. Exactly. Um, so the punitive damages are most likely going to be limited to seven hundred fifty thousand. Oh, that is some horseshit, right? Like people rich enough don't care that much about seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. No. Not if he can continue doing his uh his show. Yeah, not, not with that. Profiting off not it. with that nutraceutical money, right? He, you need to make it unprofitable for him to keep doing this. Right. That's the whole point of punitive damages. 
And that's why the jury awarded so much because they were like, well, he has so much money. So to actually punish him, it has to be a really big amount. And um, that's tort reform for you. Yeah. Texas continues to be, I don't want to say the worst state. There's worse states. And there's actually there, some there's good things about Texas. Worse states. Yeah. Yeah, it, but it's it not a good state huge... by any stretch of the imagination, but it's not the worst state. It has some huge yeah. downsides to it. Also, uh, all of our sources are always in the show notes. I really encourage people to uh, click through uh, to this one in particular because the uh, link story does have a lot of good detail. That was also a joke. I uh, linked to the Infowars story. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> cool. uh... I, I, mean, I linked to a thing about the, the punitive damages that actually is informative if you want to get into the details there. Um, uh, the good news is this isn't the only lawsuit. Uh, there's a bunch of other Sandy Hook families that have sued him in other jurisdictions that allow greater punitive awards. So this is just the beginning. Did, and, there, and there's not like a double jeopardy risk or something there? No, because it's different families suing. Nice. Yeah, if you hurt... You know, if you commit a tort against 10 people, they, all 10 can sue you separately. Cool. Wait, did they sue him in a Texas court for some reason? Yes. Why? They're bad at forum shopping. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know. It's probably, that's probably who had yeah, personal I, jurisdiction. Yeah. And, and this, this lawsuit has been going on for quite a while. So like, was the tort reform in place in like, yes, this is a 2003 statute. Oh, Okay. So it was there. Um, so I'm guessing it was just they had to do it in Texas for hmm. legal reasons. Like Sandy Hook is what? Connecticut. Uh, I just looked it up. Sure. Hmm? Hmm? I just looked it up. It's in Connecticut. I don't, hey, I don't David, understand why. David, you're thinking of Hurricane Sandy. Oh, yep. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Connecticut. Yes. Yeah, so I don't know why they were in Texas. It seems like if you were, it's probably, I mean, it's probably the family moved there or something. Oh, okay. To get um, away from all the people harassing them in Connecticut. Could be. I mean, maybe. I mean, I think most of the harassment was online, but I'm sure there was some in-person stuff. I don't know. I didn't watch the trial, but apparently they suffered 4.1 million in damages. Uh, so it probably had to be pretty bad. Yeah. Well, now we're going to talk about some things that aren't bad. We're moving on to happy news. Yay! Good news, everyone. First piece of piece of happy news is good news about abortion. Kansas tried to amend its constitution to outlaw abortion because previously their Supreme Court had held that under the Kansas constitution, uh, abortion was uh, a, an individual right. And fucking Chad Kansas constitution. Right? Fucking Kansas. So they tried to amend it. And part of that process meant putting it out as a referendum to the people. And they fucking crushed it. 59 mm -hmm. to 41. In awful. Kansas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 59 to 41 votes. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> An 18 percentage spread in society. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and it so it motivated a lot of Democratic turnout. This was in a primary, so it was expected to be low turnout. Um, it actually got like near presidential election levels of turnout. Awesome. Um, but this was not uh just Democrats swamping the republicans this was it was about equal numbers of democrats and republicans that voted which is uh you know not representative of kansas but does mean that you know if if they voted in equal numbers it would have been like 50 50 this that's not what happened um so a lot of republicans voted against 
this amendment. Way to go, Kansas voters. Hell yeah. Kansas is the new heroes of the day. Also, I think the Democratic Party should take note of the ads that were run in Kansas to oppose this amendment. They yeah, are good. all things like uh, the I do not want the government getting between me and the doctor. I don't want the government of uh, restricting my freedom to do what I want. Like very few of them actually mention abortion. Some do, but they're very big on individual liberty and rights. And that's what got this uh, abortion amendment not passed. Yeah, it was uh, all so, very like libertarian style. Yes. Do this if you want your policies to pass. Yes. Especially in redder states. This is what the people want. All right. Next story. Zombie pig invasion. Yeah. I don't know what this means, but that's what it says on the outline. I figured that was the best way to introduce this. Uh, so they're bringing pigs back to life. And they Ooh. are not zombie pigs. Uh, that is not literally true. There is a new system called OrganX. There we oh, go. God. OrganX. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh, this just sounds like evil mad science. <laughs> Doesn't it? So are you sure this isn't going to cause a zombie apocalypse? Because this is sounding a lot like the introductory <laughs> chapter to a zombie apocalypse book. Well, if that's I... the case, then we all have to, by law, say that no, this definitely won't cause the zombie apocalypse. Right. So no, this will not cause the zombie apocalypse, David. Okay, I'm just going to be over here cleaning my guns. You, you uh, feral you, hogs were tough. Or the mutant radioactive hogs that they had over in uh, Fukushima. Oh, God. <laughs> what is it with pigs and just being badasses? It's fine. If the pigs, if the zombie pigs come attack, um, Elon Musk will save us with his uh, brain chips. Ooh, and his <laughs> flamethrowers. <laughs> I actually, yeah, probably, would, not, probably I actually would not like flamethrowers against pigs. But then you can uh, I think them. I think they'd probably <laughs> gore you to death before the fire got them. And then but they then would eat you. <laughs> well, then your friends got charred pig and charred long pig afterwards. So hey, you know what's well, gonna happen is we're, what's gonna happen is we'll kill them with flame flower flamethrowers, then people will eat the cooked pig, and then they'll turn into zombies. Yes. Oh. This is the crossover event. <laughs> <laughs> Don't eat zombies. Don't eat zombie even- pigs. Not even delicious pork roasted zombie pigs. Mmm, delicious zombie pig. All right, so the details on this, there was a small, a precursor to this uh, last year, a liquid called Brain X. Yes, shut up. Which uh, is, it's a liquid pumped full of uh, hemopure, a synthetic form of the protein hemoglobin, which carries oxygen in red blood cells. Uh, Also contains some compounds to prevent blood clotting. And to prevent cells from self-destructing through the apop- apoptosis, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. They called it Brainex because they first pumped it through the brain's uh, blood vessels in a pig. I'm going to say um, apoptosis. <laughs> apoptosis. Thank you. Uh, it would prevent the brain from swelling, and uh, some brain functions continued for up to four hours post decapitation. Uh, but importantly, according to the ethics guy that was looking at this, none of the electrical signals associated with brain function. So there was no remnant awareness. Oh, as long as the ethics guy said so. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Why, why, why the fuck should we listen to the ethics guy? Don't they have a I... brain guy? <laughs> yeah. I'd really rather ask the brain guy. <laughs> Because if I I learned anything from COVID at all, it's that ethics guys don't know literally anything. I I really hope this ethics guy had some brain subspeciality here. 
but yeah, they they th- said this is a great sign, and they expanded it. And the new system called Organex, uh, they pumped it through the rest of the pig, various organs, and they started working again. They kept going for uh, even hours after the uh, the pig had had died. Uh, the pig, what was it? The pigs had been dead for an hour when they injected him with this stuff, and the cells of their heart, brains, and liver were still kicking. So, uh, yeah, good, good stuff. The the primary uh, Wait, use for this. If the heart, brain, and liver cells were kicking, how was the pig dead? Well, it wasn't the normal activity in the brain, uh, and like the pig wasn't moving around or feeling things or doing pig stuff. But the the cells didn't die and were still doing, you know, their cleansing of the blood thing and the pumping of the blood thing. So, oh, okay. I don't know. Is it is it dead? I think that is an interesting question, which we maybe should be asking because uh, this could have effects for it, future transhumanism. If, well, if uh, the brain's if, not going, then yes, it's dead. If any of our right. listeners, but he just said the brain was going. Look, if any of our listeners are zombie pig specialists, please come on <laughs> for a bonus episode. Yeah, uh, or ethics yeah. guys, apparently. I, I have so many questions. This is, I, the, the use case for this is to make uh, organs last far longer uh, for transplant and transportation, yeah. uh, which would okay. save how, a lot of lives. How much do you want to bet we do get? Like a, a Discord message from somebody on the server who's like, yeah, I do uh, brain pig stuff. <laughs> I, I, I hope so, because somebody needs to, to tell me about this. Well, if that is you, let us know. All right. Next story. This is from David. Good news about nuclear. Yeah, sort of. Um, so uh, the latest flavor of... Um, of a nuclear reactor design that nuclear advocates have been using to try to get the senpai of uh, green activists and or the uh, Nuclear Regulatory Commission to love them uh, is the small modular reactor. This is a design that's been successfully deployed in Canada quite a lot and I think also uh, was a big part of the French nuclear fleet where basically you build as much of the reactor as you can in a factory, and uh, then you ship it to the site where the actual power plant's going to go. Um, For, like, the very small modular ones, you can even just, like, keep them on trucks and just plug them into the grid, Um, which has some very cool implications for, like... um, military stuff because you can just carry around a big old power plant with you but anyway um uh so yeah the they've been and then when you get to the site you just like pour as little concrete as possible at the site stick the plant in the ground uh hook up the control space uh controls and the grid and then you have a power plant um in theory these are a lot uh cheaper and uh faster to produce uh, which means that the um, levelized cost of electricity, which is made up, but it's the made up thing that people are using, uh, looks a lot better for small modular designs than for uh, like classic 1960s style reactors. And the first one uh, by New Scale Power has been approved by the Nuclear Regulatory Commission. So they're going to actually be able to start building these things and going through the very first steps of the very long progress to actually get them to the point where they can produce energy. Uh, 
this is good in that it's better than the alternatives, but also the problem with nuclear power has never been that they like take a really long time to build. It's that they take a long time to get through all the regulatory bullshit. So this might help question mark, but as long as we have the NRC in place, I'm not holding my breath. Happy news. <laughs> All right. Well, it's happy that it was approved at yes. this stage. Yes. So unambiguous good news. Um, and what else happened in the nuclear arena? Uh, yeah. So the Votal Power Plant in Georgia got permission from the NRC. Notice how all these uh, stories are the NRC decided to let people trying to make power do their jobs during an energy crisis. So, yeah. Um, NRC Delenda S. Anyway. Uh, they got permission to begin loading fuel and testing whether it can run commercially. This is like the second or third to last step before power plant nuclear power plants can actually start producing power. And Vogtel is the first such plant to receive approval since the NRC was formed in 1974. Wow. Happy news! Yay! I mean, I think this is unambiguous happy news. I mean, yeah. it is, but it could be so much happier if everyone in the NRC spontaneously died. <laughs> All right. But, or maybe spontaneously had to find different jobs. Yes, and got replaced yeah. by Mark Nelson and no one else. No, but I think this is happy news because this could signal that, like, Maybe the NRC is actually going to let people make nuclear power now. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, because uh, oh. I've heard the same thing this entire time that like they've never ever approved a nuclear plant. Yeah, since I mean, they were hopefully, founded. Hopefully, it won't be another fifty-six years. Yeah, so I'm just hoping this is a harbinger that like maybe their attitude is getting less, slightly yeah, less and, terrible. And like the one good thing from all the. Uh, from all the uh, global warming doomsaying that the environmental left has done is the, the up and coming generation of environmental activists are actually taking the problem seriously and noticing that, Hey, we have this definitely working, very safe, uh, literally zero emission or close to zero emissions um, uh, source of power. So why aren't we using that? And the uh, and old anti-nuclear environmentalists are getting very uncomfortable. Uh, so yeah, I, yeah, you might, you may very well be right. This may be a sign of things to come. I am a bit of a perennial pessimist on this. Uh, I don't think we're going to actually make progress until the current system burns to the ground. But I hope you're right. Well, I'm not saying this is definitely cause for optimism, but it's um, no, no, more it's cause than we had a week ago. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. cause for optimism. It's just not cause for a ton of optimism. All right, fair enough. And as always, Eniash has a human interest story for us. I do. A seven-year-old went swimming in his apartment swimming uh, his apartment complex's swimming pool, and when he got there, he noticed that at the bottom of the swimming pool, there appeared to be, like, a kid just laying there with his mouth open. And he was like, oh, crap, this is a problem. So he dove down to the bottom, which is, it's a six-foot pool, which is not huge for adults, but, you know, quite a, quite a ways a, for a seven-year-old. It's a lot for a seven-year-old. It's a lot. Yeah. yeah. 
like and he one and a down. half entire seven-year-olds. Right, yeah. Uh, grabbed the kid by his arm, pulled him up to the water, called for his mom, and she did CPR until the ambulances got there. Saved the kid's life. It was a three-year-old kid, a three-year-old toddler at the bottom of the pool that he saved. Good all on right. you, seven-year-old. My hero. Yeah. Just fucking, fucking chads all over the place. All right. And that brings us to troop deployments. I'm willing to put wave after wave of men at your disposal. As we all know, politics is the mind killer and arguments are soldiers. So in that spirit, we ask each of our hosts to send a soldier out onto the battlefield each episode. And we'll start, as usual, with David. Yeah, so I just want to say that I am very much opposed to committing crimes. It's a vital moral principle that all people should at all times comply with all laws of the jurisdiction in which they live. That said, (laughs) if you are going to commit crimes, use signal. Now, some people will say like, oh, you can't use, um, um, uh, what's it called? The, the, uh, WhatsApp WhatsApp or, uh, other stuff. No, they're wrong. Just use signal. It works. We know it works. It's open source and it's like not going to uh, stop being open source anytime soon. Uh, If Mark Zuckerberg does buy it, then stop using Signal. But until then, just (laughs) keep using Signal. What's that? Nothing else. Because uh, they, I believe, actually have changed their policy because they've started running targeted ads on it. Yep. Um, So, yeah. Facebook Messenger? No ios text messages no uh android text messages i don't know specifically are insecure but yeah probably also no so if you're going to do crimes which again you shouldn't do wink use signal (laughs) also since everyone commits three felonies a day anyway you just should always use signal because you're always committing crimes we're going to have to have a fact check next episode that's like actually david is wrong you should do crimes (laughs) (laughs) All right, Eniash, what do you have for us? Um, I have, I don't know, lying to people for their own good is just bad, and it always creates backlash effects. I've been lied to a lot, and the first big lie that I figured out was the whole God exists lie, and that had a very strong backlash effect on me and put Wait, me in so the did, new atheist movement. So did your parents not do Santa? No, they didn't. They're Jehovah's Witnesses. I didn't know Jehovah's Witnesses didn't do Santa. Oh, they don't do they, anything. Yeah, no, they, they don't just don't do stuff. The, the only thing Jesus they do is Jesus. Nothing. Everything else is a plot by Satan to turn you away from Jesus. Okay. Santa is an anagram for Satan, so that should have been your first clue, man. <laughs> it's not a coincidence because nothing is a coincidence. <laughs> exactly. But uh, of what, what I'm saying specifically right now is uh, unions, because this is what I just had the episode on and was disillusioned about. I was taught, because I went to a good liberal leftist school, uh, all the great things about unions and the good things that they did in the 1900s and uh, or early 1900s and late 1800s. And those do appear to have been serious, awesome, legit things that they did. But uh, I, I just kept being told that stuff, that basically uh, a- anyone who is an employer nowadays is kind of sheriff of Nottingham person, just raping the public and taking all their money for personal gain and that uh, unions are Robin Hood's. And it turns out that that was just a big old lie. Nowadays, unions are extensions of governments where interest groups hijack the power of state violence to force others to do what they want. And I mean, sure, both sides are doing that. Like employers also try to use the power of government to get people to do what they want. And this fight happens all the time. We all have 
interests and power groups that are fighting each other uh, legally within the legal framework. And that's that's just politics, right? I get it. That's fine. It's politics. It's all politics. We're always in politics. But don't fucking try to sell it to me as a romantic struggle of a free populace against a tyranny of nobles. Because then when I find out it's competing political interest groups and I should evaluate them like any other political uh, struggle where I've got to look out for my own self-interest and keep my eye open for the dagger that's hidden, uh, I, I get very bitter at you and I, I have a reaction in the opposite way, which is why I'm currently in a very anti-union phase. And this will probably pass in the next year or two. But right now I'm just I'm upset that I was lied to a lot and I have a very jaundiced eye on all union things. And this happens over and over in society. Like, don't lie to people for their own good. It's never actually for their own good. All right. Thank you, Eniash. Mm. Uh, my trip deployment this week is that you, yes, you, should go to your local rationalist meetup. Now, as I mentioned last episode, I attended an international rationalist meetup organizers retreat last month. And it was attended by people from all over the country and all over the world, including Mexico, Berlin, London, Bulgaria, Japan, Australia, and a number of other places. And everyone was there because they host a rationalist meetup in their area or want to start hosting one. I co-host an Astral Codex 10 meetup in Philadelphia on the last Thursday of the month. If you're in the area, you should come check it out. If you're not in the area, go to the Less Wrong community page and find the closest meetup to you. The page is linked in our show notes, but come on, I believe you can type it into Google. Uh, if there isn't a meetup near you, start one. It's easy. You just pick a venue and tell people to go there. Now, like I said, people are hosting meetups all over the world, sometimes in pretty unexpected places. If you need help, you can get in touch and I'll put you in contact with Claire Wang, who provides support for meetups, including funding for a venue, food, speakers, or other expenses. If you're at all interested in real life rationalist community, this is the way to do it. You'll be glad you did. Awesome. Nice. All right. All right. That's our show for uh, this fortnight. Please follow us wherever you follow podcasts. Leave us reviews. I, I think I, we decided uh, Apple Podcasts is the best place to do that, um, even though I hate Apple, but it's... that's life. Um, subscribe on Substack so we don't have to run ads for new tropics. Um, <laughs> you'll also get episodes before everyone else. You'll get access to bonus episodes, including our little mini bonus episode from this week. And you'll get access to our subscriber-only Discord channel, where you can yell at us without all the freeloaders looking in. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks. Same rat time, same rat channel. Bye. Bye. All right, Eniash, remember yeah. to insert the Professor Farnsworth there. People oh, are going to okay, be very okay. upset if Professor Farnsworth isn't in the uh, the happy news announcement.